Hello. Before we start today's episode, if you would like a condensed version of what I'm talking about in this podcast, go ahead and subscribe to The Perfectionist Guide. You can read the entire thing in three minutes or less. To access this, go to CourtneyLoveGavin.com newsletter. Are you a bit of a perfectionist, type A, hyper performer? Then you know that having the audacity to see an ideal and bring it into reality while breaking generational habits of hustle can be tough, but it doesn't have to be. If you are ready to burn bright instead of burning out, to lead without losing yourself, and to enjoy the life you have worked so hard to create, then keep listening. I'm your host, America's leader on rewiring perfectionism, CLG, and this is Perfectionism Rewired, the podcast. Welcome to Perfectionism Rewired today. I'm literally about to dynamite your brain. You are going to be shooketh by the end of this episode. You're going to want to take notes. Get your favorite pen. We're talking about failure, making mistakes, oops, mess ups. Never, ever want you to feel shame around your mistakes and for it to paralyze you or for you to make it mean anything about you. And where I'm going to get you is that Failure is not something that you tolerate, not something that you side roll your eyes at, but something that you actively enjoy the experience of and no longer dread. For those of you that just want to know like what's ahead, first, we're reframing the lens that you look at failure. Two, I'm going to be sharing my biggest failures professionally and personally, stuff that I used to feel a lot of shame around and that I haven't even talked to some of like my closest friends about, but I'm bringing it out of the closet. And also I'm going to be sharing with you five tools that you can start using today to start turning all of your L's into lessons. I know. Isn't that brilliant? It's not from me, actually. It's from Chance the Rapper on Living Your Best Life. It's from Cardi's first album, and it's with Chance. And I I highly, highly recommend that you listen to it. Like, skirt. And when you listen to it, you will understand what that means. But yes, that is who I got the brilliant, brilliant, I turn all of my L's into lessons. And with those five tools, some of them are for when you're in the moment and you're like, oh, fuck. You feel the shame wash over you. And then other tools are for when you are doing brave, bold, new things. You're stretching yourself. You are evolving, which is all of you. So how you can make, the way that I look at it is like, if we're going roller skating or rollerblading, these are like your helmet and like your elbow pads, knee pads, butt pads. This is basically getting you all of your artillery. So that way, when you do fall, because that is what growth and learning is. It doesn't like, it doesn't debilitate you. You're not going to the hospital with a concussion in this analogy. You're just like, oh, oops, hit my helmet, which is like really cool and like a unicorn. They make such better helmets, by the way, than they did for us. I was just happy if they had it in a color, you know? Now we have mohawks, light up. Kids these days, they don't know how lucky they have it. (laughs) Okay, into the episode. Misconceptions around failure. So one People think that failure is something that happens to them. And I say all of this because I used to be in this boat. I couldn't even use the word failure. I couldn't even look at 
things that I had crash landed on. In fact, when I knew that like there was a a workshop I did at the beginning of 2021 and we were getting close up to it and I was telling my coach, I was like, I'm not going to hit my goal. I'm not going to do it. I should just cancel it. There's only like 10 people registered, like blah, blah, blah. And it was huge for me that one, I did the workshop And two, that I did it knowing, like going into it, knowing it was going to be a quote unquote failure because my entire career in public relations, we did everything we could to make it so it wasn't a failure. We would force the actions and the circumstances to make the result be what we wanted it to be, even if that meant me running over myself and me rising my values and That is just something I'm not willing to do anymore because that shit gets old and it gets tiring, right? The perfectionism, even if you don't consider yourself a perfectionist, because most people that are perfectionists don't consider themselves perfectionists because that would mean that you have to be perfect and you are far from perfect. I have never been one of those people that's like, oh yeah, like I'm just going to fail and it's fine. No, 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 no. You are talking to honor roll, honors student, win all the awards, competitive, always the best. That was like who I was. And so for me, especially as an entrepreneur, experiencing failure, I was like, "Mm -mm, homie, don't play that. Now, homie, don't play that. But like, it's not because I don't mess up every day because I do like all the time. You can hear it on this podcast, but it's really like what I am making it mean. Failure, it's not something that just happens to you. It's not like, oh, I tried this and I failed. It is not like a bird shitting on your head. You can choose. You can just decide that you never fail because the only way that you really fail is if you quit. And like I decided I am never quitting on myself. I have a goal for my business, CLG International Coaching for 2022. And I have quote unquote failed at that goal every month so far, and we're halfway through the year. And I have not made that mean anything about my ability to succeed, my worth, my ability to coach, my effectiveness, the longevity of my business, all the efforts that I'm done that they're wasted. I haven't made it mean any of those things because I choose not to fail. I choose to not label anything that I do as a failure because it feels foul to me. There might be some times where I'm like, I need a TO, right? I'm like, I hate this. I let myself feel how I feel about it. There might be some times where I'm right on the edge. Just a couple of weeks ago, I was looking up volunteering at an elephant sanctuary in Africa. I give myself that space to work my shit out, but I'm never just like, oh, that's a failure. Even if in the moment it might feel like that. And I think that this is like what's crucial. Every time I build my resilience and my tenacity, and then I dust myself off, you know, clean my hands and I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's get back in there. What I see happening is people are like, either you need to tolerate it, like we're going to have a good family vacation, or let's not look at that because that feels bad. And what I want to say is that, no, you don't have to choose A or B. There's a better option called C. Do you see? I didn't even mean to do that. See for Courtney. And the way that I look at it is you don't like the word failure. Don't call it failure. Call it an oops. Call it a whoopsie. Call it a mistake. Call it a mess up. Call it a misstep. You know what I call it? I call it a lesson. And I call it a line of discovery. Oh, I made a new line of discovery today. Every day I probably make about a hundred new lines of discovery because that's what they are. And, And when I call it a line of discovery, I'm able to actually look at it. 
in a clinical way, which means I bounce back faster because I'm able to be like, oh, okay, what's this new line of discovery? The way that you see failure is a choice. It is not something that happens to you, and it is something that you will choose and you may choose. Maybe you will choose to fail at something because you don't want to do it anymore, and that's okay. But like, do you see how that takes your power back when you look at it as a choice and it gives you this feeling of like, I'm not going to fail because I will never choose that for myself. And if I do fail, it will be by my choice. I will be giving myself consent to fail. And it is not something that I'm at the effect of. When we're not giving ourselves consent to fail, that is when all of the shame and all these other feelings come up. Because you have this fear that comes from the feeling that you're not in control of the failure. And like reason number one million and two, why I love coaching one-on-one is because I help you get that control back. And if you allow it which all of my one-on-one clients do, you are really able to see how much power and control you actually have in your own life. If you look at anybody on earth who is successful or who inspires you, their pathway is littered with failures and mistakes and oops, and that didn't work. But the only reason that they're not quote unquote a failure is because they didn't stop there. They didn't hit the red light or the stop sign and then go and turn home. I use this example with coaching two of my private clients earlier today. They were talking about how like one thing didn't really work out and they stopped doing that. And I asked them and I said, when you go to the grocery store, are there stop signs or stoplights? And both these clients live in LA and they were like, yeah, duh. And I was like, okay, like when you hit that stop sign or that stoplight, it's all greens and you hit a red. Do you just decide you're going home and you're just like telling your family and your partner, sorry, no food. I didn't get all green lights, so I'm not going to eat. No, you don't do that. They would look at you like you're crazy or it's April Fool's Day and you're joking. No. Why? Because you don't make the red lights mean anything. The other way that I see this fear of failure play out is that you stay on the sidelines. I did this too, by the way. My coach would tell me all the time, you're babysitting your work. And what that means is you're not putting it out there. I would say like, oh no, I need to finish this certification or I need to proof it again. All of these excuses sound very, very sophisticated. Like you can just decide what you're gonna choose to think about yourself and how you're gonna treat yourself before, during, and after, regardless of the way that things turn out. Like any of you that are parents or have younger humans in your life, let's say you're at your kid's soccer game you're not going to be like, if they lose, you're walking home. You're not going to do that to them. You're probably actually going to be even more compassionate and comforting to them and be like, yeah, but did you see you passed it to Joey and you haven't done that before. Like, look at how much fun you had playing, right? We don't tend to do that for ourselves. Then what happens is that you don't do anything because you're so afraid of what's going to happen when you fail. And that is just the saddest thing of all. You are just as much of a badass in your moments of success as you are when you fail. I want you to tattoo that, write it down, I'll repeat it for you. You are just as much of a badass in your moments of success as you are when you fail. Your success rate is 100%. You being alive, you breathing right now and listening to this, your success rate is 100% of making it through. You always make it through. You always figure it out. You can always handle it. 
having the huge impact, really making your mark on the world and creating your legacy in the way that only you can. How that happens is through growth. And you know what happens with growth? You make a fuck ton of mistakes. That's what growing is. If you know how to do it perfectly, it would be boring and you wouldn't be doing it. One thing that really helped me is there was a time in my life when I had parted ways with an employer. This was when I was living in LA working in PR. And it was right after I had gotten hit by a drunk driver. My car was totaled. Luckily, no one else was in the car. They would have died. But it was messed up, like my body. And knock on wood, I've never broken a bone before, but I've never been in pain before. My doctors were like, you need to go to physical therapy three times a week. If you don't do this 10 years down the road, you're going to have all sorts of issues. It was the first time in my life that I decided to choose myself over my job. And my employer didn't like that. They use that as reasons to get rid of my position. And that was devastating. Not only was I handicapped in a way, did three days a week of intense physical therapy for almost like almost a year. It, it was a lot. I felt so lost because I didn't know where my identity started and where work ended, like my career. And I it really made me look at like, okay, who am I? What lights me up? What am I about? That was a time where I ended up getting another life coach certification. What really helped me keep going as I was like applying to jobs. By the way, like I did what I needed to do to take care of myself. I delivered Postmates. I did Uber driving. I did Lyft. I did freelance stuff for people. Like I was willing to do whatever I needed to do in order to support myself during that time. I told myself I just wanted another job, but like looking back at why some positions didn't pan out that I was in negotiations for, I believe that energetically I was not trusting, I was not consenting to be in a new situation. A lot of times when you see people that have a master's degree, has all this experience, she has all this like stuff. It's like, yeah, we still fall. I still have like lessons. What helped me get through though, is I became obsessed with Shark Tank and I would literally watch Shark Tank and it would give me the gumption and what I needed in order to keep going and get back out there and go do Postmates. Now, at least in Santa Monica, where I live, drivers get paid minimum wage hourly. I was It was completely on tips. I remember one time I went to the Apple store to get someone $3,000 worth of merchandise. It was also at the promenade. So like even going to get it and parking, it was a whole to-do to get this for someone. I think it was a Sunday. And like they did not even tip me. And I don't even think they they rated me high, but I was just like, oh my God, like it was really devastating because at that time I needed the money and yeah, I don't know how we got on that, but oh, Shark Tank, what I found out, which is now in my back pocket of examples that I look to is that Howard Schultz, who really made Starbucks into everything that it is today, the billion trillion dollar company. He went to 217 VC venture capital meetings and was rejected. It wasn't until his 218th meeting that he actually had someone say yes. This was back in the day. You're not doing Zoom for these things. You're like hauling your ass into the different places. You were there in person being rejected 217 times. It wasn't until his 218th time that someone actually said yes. 
Can you imagine if he would have, Howard would have called himself a failure at like maybe number 200 and said, yeah, this idea that you have that's going to change millions of lives and create jobs and really, really be a global force in the world. Yeah, you should quit. You're a fucking failure. No, he kept going. So that story, like that lit me up. I was just like, I'm Howard Schultz. Let's say you have been on 217 interviews and you haven't gotten the job. Just be like, well, I'm Howard Schultz and this is Starbucks. It's going to happen. Like you want to have that belief in yourself. Issa Rae, who I love, says, I can't go a day without failure. Where I thrive is knowing I'm not going to make that mistake the same way again. Failure is learning. We embrace it with children. We congratulate them every step of the way. Like you don't look at your kid that is learning how to spell their name and say, hey, you fucking failure. The E is backwards. I can barely read that. No, that'd be way harsh, Ty. No, so like, stop. Let's stop doing it to ourselves. Failure is learning. And don't even call it failure. Just call it growth. It's part of the growing process. Think about it. Every time that you label something the failure, you are letting the patriarchy and racist, sexist, oppressive people and systems win every time that you label something a failure. That's what you're voting for. Life is not school. It's actually the opposite. You want to get as many Fs as possible. The more Ls you get for lessons, the faster you accelerate. You get more data. And when you have more data, you're able to spot the patterns faster and you're able to accelerate faster. I really want to challenge you to be looking for fails every day and to find things, not even fails, what do we want to call them, lessons, be looking for new lines of discovery every day and find things that you are not succeeding at that stretch you, but you did them anyway. Because like nothing is a failure until you call it that. And on episode 102, we will be back with more epic CLG fails and how to turn all of your L's into lessons with the toolbox. Are you tired of being in a robotic relationship with success, with zero meaning or joy during the process, where your victories feel anticlimactic? If you're nodding your head yes, listen closely because I might have the solution you've been searching for. My Perfectionism Rewired Accelerator, a six-week, highly individualized, one-on-one coaching experience designed exclusively for for perfectionists like you. In Perfectionism Rewired Accelerator, you are centering your identity on your possibilities instead of your limitations. I've done the hard work and taken out the guesswork to give you frameworks backed by neuroscience, proven to work even for the most type A, high-strung, stubborn, control freak perfectionists. In the first 30 days, you'll possess a quiet confidence, so secure in yourself and your achievements. Your self-compassion will go up at least 250%. So if you want to save yourself years of trial and error, go to CourtneyLoveGavin.com slash accelerator today or just click the link in the show notes to check out the Perfectionism Rewired Accelerator.